Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. We're going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by former Blues goalie, former NHL goalie, Chris Mason. He's now a broadcaster with the Nashville Predators. We are previewing tonight's matchup between the Preds and the Blues with him. Always appreciate his time here on 101 ESPN. Chris, we wish you the best as always. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Just watching uh, morning skate here at Enterprise Center and just getting my uh, my mind right to, to call the game tonight should be a, should be a good battle. Yeah, it'll be a fun one, and we know when the Predators are in town, we we kind of know what to expect. This is a heavy team uh, that's coming into St. Louis. The expectations, though, were a little higher than what we've seen from them so far this year, at least from our perspective, Chris. What what have you seen from the Predators compared to what you were hoping to see from them coming into the season? Uh, well, I think lately they're they're playing a lot more to to how they were expected to play they, at the beginning of the season. I thought they were really inconsistent and just couldn't really find, you know, any identity, I guess. And, and to your point, the expectations were not being met. Goal scoring uh, was an issue. I think last time we, ended, we played you guys, actually, we were kind of going through that drought. It's a 0-0 hockey game, and then I think the, uh, the Blues ended up winning overtime. But we kind of go through a rough patch there, but it kind of revamped. Uh, the way that they've approached playing games now, they're, they're trying not to sacrifice their defensive play. They're, they're getting excellent goaltending. Uh, UC Saros and uh, Kevin Lankinen have been just awesome, really you know, keeping them afloat while they're going through that rough patch. But they're starting to generate a lot more plays, uh, a lot more uh, aggressive play up ice. They're trying to you know, get the puck and move it through the neutral zone, try to stretch those forwards as soon as they get possession uh, in the D zone and, and try to back off the defenseman and come through the neutral zone with a little more speed. Um, I think they were kind of relying on uh, just chipping it in and, and, you know, having everybody come out together and they're kind of getting jammed up there for a while. So uh, they're starting to generate more chances and, and their record's been a lot uh, more indicative of that lately. So kind of playing more to the expectation, but it's a log jam. As you, as you guys know, you look at the standings, there's uh it's, it's going to be tough for, for anyone to, to get in there. So this is, that makes this game even bigger. Chris, that's what's been so intriguing about this Western Conference this season. Nobody has really run away with it. Everybody is still within striking distance, whether you're outside of the playoffs or looking in. But when you hone in on Nashville and St. Louis, I mean, they they are like identical, it seems, in terms of how they are built, the play, where they're at kind of organizationally. And this season, it's no coincidence that they're right around a 500 team. Yeah, and, and you're you're right. I mean, this next stretch here for both teams is, you know, it, it's going to be – a big indicator of what you know either the blues or the predators decide to to do come the the trade deadline you know obviously very similar situations um you know you guys with uh, o'reilly and tarasenko 
you know, they might be a little easier to move because their deals are up than, you know, some of our high paid guys. But, you know, having said that, if, you know, you're in a situation where you feel like you're, you're not going to get in or, you know, it's going to be tough, then, you know, there's going to be tough decisions, I think, on, on both sides of it. But, but having said that, both teams, I think, are very capable of if they can get in, you know, it could be a, a dangerous team in the playoffs. But you have to think Colorado's, you know, they're eventually going to take one of those spots. I think Minnesota's in the central division. If St. Louis or Nashville were to get in, they're still within reach. Uh, and then you got you know you got Edmonton and Calgary that are, are battling away too. So it, it's just it's it's going to be. Crazy. I mean, it's every night it changes. I think Preds just dumped the Blues last game, and you know who knows what happens tonight. So it's it, it's it's a fun part of the season. Former NHL goalie, now broadcaster for the Nashville Preds. Chris Mason joining us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Chris, I did want to ask you a little bit about where, how the Predators got to where they are today by kind of looking a little more big picture. We've talked a lot about the Blues and whether this potentially ends up being a rebuild or a retool if and when they decide to make the moves with O'Reilly, Tarasenko, some of their pending UFAs. The Predators decided to go more of the retool route as opposed to the complete rebuild that we've seen from, for example, Chicago, how did they do that? And do you think that, that that is a successful route that other teams can take in the NHL nowadays? It's tough. You know, the salary cap and, and the big contracts have really, I think it's made it almost impossible for teams to to completely rebuild. I mean, you've seen teams try to do that. Edmonton tried to do that. They had, I don't know, it felt like first pick every you know, every draft for about five or six years, going back to, you know, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, all those guys, Connor McDavid. And, you know, that's not a guarantee you know, success, it, it works for a handful of teams. It, it, it's really tough. And I think, you know, if a team like Nashville or St. Louis were to try to do that, I, I really just don't think you can, you know, you're not, you're not, teams aren't in a situation where, you know, you can just uh, say, Hey, all right, I just want to, you know, let's unload all our old guys or big contracts and we'll start all over. You just, you, you can't do it. It's a lot more challenging. I think uh, than people, really understand when you get down to the, you know, the whole salary cap contract obligation kind of thing. And it's just tough to move. Teams want good players, but they, they don't want their contracts. So it, it's really tough and it's challenging. I think with St. Louis uh, might be a little more flexible to be able to move guys if they're getting that situation like Tarasenko O'Reilly, because they only have the one year left and they could really help somebody. So it's not a big uh, burden for that team, you know, trying to take a shot or take that contract off the books. But, um, it's tough, and, and you need your prospects to come up and play well too. And Nashville's actually had a couple guys come up. Part Uso Parsons been awesome. Kids twenty one. Tommy Novak's come up. He's played really well. So they've had some uh, some good players. Uh, Jordan Gross is down in Milwaukee. He'll be back at some point. So they've got some good young guys that they are able to maybe continue the retool, but a complete rebuild is a, is a tall order to fill, I think. Chris, I know your focus is on Nashville. You're with them for 82-plus games throughout the season, but the games that you've seen St. Louis play this year, is there is there a, an area that stands out to you? Like, Do they look like a team that might be headed towards a retool, or do they still look like a competitive team to you? I think they look like a competitive team. I mean, there's, there's obviously, you know, I guess it depends what stretch of the season you're looking at. I think they've got a lot of, you know, guys like O'Reilly that was struggling offensively. You know, his games, it can, it can turn at any moment. I think the way that they're built last, you know, when you look at last season, I, I think they were the, the only team that really gave Colorado a run in the playoffs. And you're talking about the same team that they have, they have that pretty much exact same team this season. So, I mean, you guys know what happened, uh, you know, the, 
first half of that one season, Ruby comes in and all of a sudden you win a Stanley Cup with a team that was uh, almost dead last in the conference. So you've got a group of players. It just it kind of just it depends when it turns, if it turns in time. Um, but I, I would never count out a team like the St. Louis Blues, to be honest with you. So um, there's been points during the season though where you watch them and you're like, yep, it's time to hmm. time to rebuild and move on. But there's other points where you guys know what you got there, and these guys have won before. So I would never. I would never fully count them out, that's for sure. I feel like, Chris, that's what this fan base has been doing this season. Like, they've been holding on to, like, by a thread, to to hoping that this team can find a way to turn it around. And, and, you know, I go back to something Doug Armstrong mentioned a couple of weeks ago. He talked about kind of comping this team to that 2008-2009 season where it didn't start off great, then they found their legs and they went on a run. You were a part of that team. Do you remember what significantly helped that team kind of turn it around? It's, it's honestly, it was it was one game, and uh, I remember we're up in Boston with an afternoon game, and we, we came back and we, we won this dramatic game, and all of a sudden, it's like any team. Once you get that confidence as a group, it's just it's such a powerful thing. It, it's hard to get. There's not really any you know specific explanation of why or when it happens, but when it happens, if you have the personnel and you have a good enough team, you can do some damage. And if you, if you, it happens to be you know, going down the, the last, the second stretch of the season, well, all of a sudden you're, you become a contender and a team to be reckoned with. So it's just, it's just a matter if they're, you know, any team's able to, to kind of grasp that, you know, magic or that confidence as a team at the right time. And we've always seen that momentum, such a huge thing, but it's, uh, I mean, this division, this conference, it's so good. There's, there's so many teams that are, are capable of that. It's hard to pick, you know, anybody that could win this, uh, this conference, for certain, you look at Colorado. They're in a situation. Can they endure the injuries? Are they miss Kadri as much? Got a new goaltender, um, but you got to figure they, they'll be in the mix. But to me, there's no clear-cut favorite. Is leadership, Chris, as important in the league now that it was back in that 2008-2009 season? Yeah, I absolutely think it always is because you know either you 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 lead and people follow you, or you have you know, leadership that is not good and you accept a certain culture and, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my points and we're going to, you know, we're going to win this game and or lose this game five, four, but I got my three points and we're doing good and we're hanging on. And it, it, it to me, it separates the, the great teams from the good teams and the bad teams uh, is, is your leadership. Obviously you need skilled players and you need high end guys and, and good goaltending and all that kind of stuff. But the teams that, win Stanley Cups, the teams that are top teams in the league, they all have good leadership, and I think that's what separates the the best from the rest of the pack. Chris, one more before we let you go. Every time these two teams meet up, it seems to be a physical battle. Is Are we expecting that once again tonight because Nashville has not let up with that physicality all season long? Yeah, I think so. I think both teams, if you ask any of their players or coaches, when they have success, they're they're being physical. And, uh, you know, the Blues and Predators, especially the last few years, whenever they get together, it's, it's fireworks. And I, I think when you play another team that prides themselves on that, I think it brings even more out of both groups to, to try to get the edge in that department. So I, I expect a really physical matchup, especially with some of the guys that are out of the Blues lineup, too. They're going to have to really rely on that even more. Chris, always appreciate the time. You're always one of our favorites here in St. Louis. I still see people walking around with that big number 50 Blues Mason jersey. So uh, appreciate the time as always. Go enjoy the rest of morning skate, and we'll see you at the rink tonight. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you, guys.